0: Due to scenes of a graphic nature, listener discretion is advised.
1: green rolling hills and mountains of Wells, Vermont were interrupted by a black Cadillac Escalade as it cruised through the country road. No,
0: no, no, I refuse to believe it, Jan.
1: Sitting in the driver's seat, a clean-shaven, blonde-haired man in a black sport coat, a pair of blue jeans and a white t-shirt, smirked. With his free hand, he adjusted the blue-lens John Lennon-style sunglasses on his face.
2: But it's true, Bjorn. You can read the information online. The original inspiration for the Amityville horror movie came from an actual story, I'm not kidding. I'm I'm looking it up.
1: He waited eagerly as the man next to him, who was a stark contrast in cleanliness with his hippie-style pants, hat, and scraggly beard, pulled out an electronic tablet from a backpack from behind him and started to try and type information inside.
2: Bjorn, this is the mountains. You should know this, being that you are in the region as I am, that the mountains make trouble for cell phones and tablets. I'm pretty sure that you aren't going to get much of a signal.
1: Bjorn realized that Jan was right, and he slammed his fist playfully on the armrest.
2: Fuck, you
0: and your cursed
2: knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, though. We're almost at our destination. Hopefully the mobile hotspot will work there.
0: So what do we know about the house we are inspecting?
2: Unsure yet, Bjorn. It's a puzzling case to be sure, but fascinating at the same time. We're meeting an elderly man named Reginald Corsi who, at the moment, lives with his sister, Nicole, by Lake St. Catherine. You didn't answer my question. Is this, house, is this the house we are inspecting? No. The house Mr. Corsi purchased while on Lake St. Catherine is on the other side of the lake. We are picking him up at his sister's house and then going to do a cursory inspection of the home. The stories he has told me are quite wild, even for the work that we do.
1: Bjorn pulled out a manila folder from the backpack.
0: (sighs) Doesn't seem to have any records of any stories told. Did you leave them back at SUNY Albany?
2: No. I never put the instances to paper. I wanted to make sure that you came into this investigation with a fresh mind. But that is also the reason that I told you to read up on Amityville.
0: On November 13, 1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed six members of his family at 112 Ocean Avenue, a large Dutch colony house situated in a suburban neighborhood in Amityville, on the south shore of Long Island, New York. He was convicted of second-degree murder in November of 1975, and in December of 1975, George and Kathy Lutz and their three children moved into the house. After 28 days, the Lutzes left the house, claiming to have been terrorized by paranormal phenomena while living there. Who moves into a house a month later like that,
2: morons? That's beside the point, Bjorn. What did they say the phenomenon was that occurred?
0: A laundry list of things. But mostly it resembles poltergeist phenomena, and there's mention of a demonic pig-looking creature. We're here. Thank God, I have to pee so bad.
1: Jan approached the home and put the Escalade in park. An elderly man exited the house. He walked with a cane and had male pattern baldness with patches of white hair on the sides.
2: Mr. Corsi, I am Jan Piraeus, and this is my colleague Bjorn Stephenson. We represent the State University of New York of Albany, and we're going to be conducting research on your lake house.
3: Uh, so, uh, you guys are the real-world ghostbusters, eh?
0: No, just paranormal phenomenon investigators. Do you have a bathroom? It was a very long trip
3: wait a second i was under the impression that you were gonna get rid of this let's
2: not get ahead of ourselves here we have to make sure what we have here is exactly what we have before i can make a notion or promise of what we can do to get rid of it
1: Bjorn looked at his colleague in panic it was as if jan was speaking in swahili as he had no idea this was the reason they were there mr corsi saw Bjorn's distress inside young man first door on the right Thank you. Minutes later, all three men entered the escalade and drove towards the haunted lake house. While Mr. Corsi sat in the back seat,
2: Jan asked
1: questions while he drove.
2: So, Mr. Corsi, can you give us a brief history of the house? Well,
3: I bought the home in 1990, and my wife and I moved in with our teenage kids. This was originally going to be our summer home, but... After Hurricane Andrew destroyed our other house in Florida, we decided to stay here. No one had mentioned anything about the lake house being haunted and with my sister Nicole living up the road a bit, it was great for us. Several nights after we moved in, my son Jimmy noticed that all his things were rearranged in his entire bedroom after he came home from school. He asked his mother or I if we'd done it without his permission and there was no way that was possible because we'd been at work. But then my daughter Lily would wake up screaming in the middle of the night, saying that something was touching her. I thought it might have just been animals finding a place to stay when the winter got cold, but we could never find anything. But the, the biggest peculiarity was that the house would get real hot in the winter and I thought it was our thermostat, so we we got it checked, but nothing. What do you mean, nothing? I mean that the thermostat wasn't even I. The house was generating that type of heat. We kept the windows open throughout our stay there, and some of us even slept in the nude to keep from dying from all that heat. But several of our neighbors thought our house was burning down because of the... The steam and smoke that would come over the lake from whenever we opened those windows.
2: Did you call an expert to find out why this house was doing all this being so close to the lake? Was this geothermal in origin? See,
3: that's what I thought as well. So we had our land tested to see if there were, if we were on a geyser or some, what you say, a geothermal pool or something nearby, but the survey crew came back with negative results. It was. But, uh, then the worst
0: stuff started. Worse than this?
1: Corsi paused as if remembering what happened was sticking a knife into an already tender heart.
3: My, uh, my daughter stopped responding to anything and everything. She she just, just deteriorated away. We took her to the doctors to see what was wrong with Lily, and well, they reported us for child abuse. They said that Lily'd been raped repeatedly over the course of several days and she was unable to tell anyone.
0: Raped? If she was raped and couldn't say anything, how did you find out?
3: The doctors noticed vaginal trauma, which was news to me and my wife. There was no blood to indicate anything, but she was pale and just drained all the time. She wouldn't eat. She barely slept doctors and eventually police asked if it was me or my son that had anything to do with this. They had no proof, but the emotional damage was already
1: done for my son. Greg, my my son. (coughs) John, stopped the escalade on the side of the road.
2: Are you okay, Mr. Corsi? Do you want us to take you back? We can do this tomorrow if you want. We'll be in town for a bit.
3: No, no. I'll... I'll be fine. <clears throat> this, uh, this story needs to be told.
4: <clears throat>
3: After his sister's drama, Greg was found hanging from the rafters of the loft with an electrical cord around his neck. There was no note, but we know why he killed himself. It was the ghosts in the house that drove him crazy. My wife, well, She'd had enough of the house and of me. She left without a word. After Lily finally passed away from her problems, Mary filed for divorce, and I, I tried to tell her I was sorry, but every time I talked to her she would hang up the phone. Her lawyers took care of the divorce papers, and I lived with my sister ever since. I'd never talked to my wife again. Back aside from the Police taking my son's body out of the house and my wife leaving me for good. I haven't been back since. That was was 25 years ago.
2: We'll find out what is going on here. It's something I can fix. I promise to do so, okay?
1: Mr. Corsi must have sensed the genuine nature for Mian because he nodded his head. They pulled away from the shoulder of the road and continued along the perimeter of the lake until they finally got to the lake house in question. From the outside, it looked like paradise, which made no sense to Jan.
0: Didn't you say that you haven't been back up to the house for 25 years? Who was then handling the upkeep of the house? Is the forest and the grass should be... It should be
5: overgrown.
0: I'm... Sorry,
3: Mr. Stephenson, but I have no idea. I... I know it's not me or my family, I'm surprised I haven't heard anything from the Lake Association about the upkeep, but that's because I thought they took over mowing and maintenance of the
1: property. Jan pulled his shades off of his head as he got out of the escalade. He paused as he seemed to let the atmosphere of the place wash over him. Jan closed his eyes and breathed in the mountain air and foliage around him. Bjorn turned to his colleague and spoke in a hushed tone.
0: <laughs> ja, ja. Yeah, this is creepy. It is so worth the trip.
2: I'm going to go take a look around the perimeter. I suggest that you set up the equipment. Do not go inside without me, and keep Mr. Corsi occupied. I don't want him to see what I'm doing.
0: Why do you keep saying this on every assignment? I know the protocol.
1: Jan started to walk around the lake house and started chanting under his breath something in an unfamiliar language away from the prying eyes and ears of Bjorn and Mr. Corsi. He raised his hands up to the windows of the lake house on the one side and his hands started to burn red as he pulled away. Jan grinned as if the house had the audacity to put up a fight.
2: You resist me now, you're in for a world of hurt.
1: After about ten minutes of walking around, Buren and Mr. Corsi waited as all of the equipment was set up outside.
3: He's been walking around my house for a while now. Are you sure your friend knows what he's doing?
0: As long as I have known him, he has done things like this. I don't bother him in any way unless it's unethical, but he doesn't do anything to warrant that.
1: Out of the corner of Bjorn's eye, He glanced at Jan, coming back to them swiftly. Jan put his sunglasses back on, and he approached Bjorn. Can I talk to you a moment privately?
3: All this secretive shit is getting me riled up. What in the hell is going on?
2: Mr. Corsi, I have some things that I need to get Bjorn to get for me. I have things well in hand. Go back into town and get several bags of rock salt, like two or three. If you can't get it at a general store, especially this time of year, go to Granville, which is not far away.
0: What, did you find a giant iceberg or something? If
2: you can't get rock salt, regular table salt will work too, but I need enough to cover the perimeter of the house with a layer about three centimeters thick.
1: Bjorn got closer to Jan to avoid the ears of Mr. Corsi. This isn't bullshit, is it? You've actually found something, haven't you? Indeed, I have,
2: and I need salt, so...
1: Jan pulled out a hundred-dollar bill from his wallet and handed it to Bjorn.
2: Go do what I've instructed you to do. If you wish, take Mr. Corsi with you, even though I'm sure he won't go. What are you afraid
0: of? Because that's the vibe I'm getting from you. Jesus, just go! Fine! Fine! I'm going. I didn't know you were some crazy were-lion shaman.
1: I would have punched you in the mouth. Mr. Corsi noticed the tension as Jan and Bjorn walked back to him.
3: Is uh, is everything okay? Are we getting ready to go inside?
2: I need certain supplies first, Mr. Corsi. By my cursory check of the outside, I think I need some more things.
3: But but I, I thought we were just looking inside.
2: What if I told you that what I planned on doing is taking care of the entity that's torturing you and your family inside this house? But in turn, you will not be able to see me do it for fear of your own safety? Would it still be
1: worth it to you? He thought to himself, and then looked up at Yan. Do
3: what you need to, but be careful. The spirit that lives in this house is malicious. It
0: has cost me my whole family. I can't believe I'm actually hearing this. Jan, what about our
2: research, man? He obviously can't video record this. You can videotape anything you want from the outside. You just can't come in there with me. As for the importance of this research, isn't this what we've been trying to prove for years? This man has had his life ripped from him by something residing in that lake house. I will not impede on justice being done for him. And if it means that we're unable to get footage inside the home, then so be it.
1: Bjorn opened the driver's side door of the escalade.
0: Do you wish to come with me, Mr. Corsi, so my esteemed colleague can get what he needs?
1: Fine. Let's go to Granville.
3: Fresh chopper's closer.
1: Both men entered the escalade and pulled away, leaving Jan Piraeus alone at the lake house. It was a ruse, and luckily it worked. He didn't need any salt. Jan turned around and started to take off his clothing until he was stark naked. He walked up to the entrance of the home and put his hand over the door locks. Up, Dorian. He spoke, and the door seemed to unlock and open magically. As Jan crossed the threshold of the house, his body morphed into an amalgam of a man and lion as his blonde hair turned to a whitish-gray-hued mane, and his eyes enhanced a piercing blue. His claws grew from his fingertips, and his teeth became razor sharp. The door slammed behind him as a slight growl came from Jan's gullet. The house walls started to vibrate and shudder as Jan lifted his clawed hands in a defensive pose. He then closed his savage eyes and growled out the words
5: The
1: walls stopped as darkness started to shroud the living room, and it pooled together to form a man-like creature with blood-red eyes
4: A bold move Your sorcerer's ways are most impressive, forcing me to reveal myself and consolidate my energies to you. But I will not face judgement from someone like you, Solianchu Warlock.
5: Good. You realize what I am. You also realize that I can hurt you. Now, you will be judged for your crime. You have been accused of tormenting the likes of Reginald Corsi and his family for almost 30 years. You have killed his son, you have raped his daughter, which has led to her own death, and you have destroyed the sanctity of his marriage. How do you plead?
4: <laughs> you cannot try me without a name, Soleon too. I know your name,
5: your true name, and with that it will give me power to try you for your crimes.
1: Jan waved his hands in a sort of kata, and then the malicious spirit did something that Jan did not
4: expect. What about Reginald Corsi's crimes?
1: What do you plan on doing
4: about that?
1: if you're so worried
4: about justice being served.
1: Jan continued his kata, but paused to listen. I listened. Did he say
4: that I had been here before this family came?
5: No, he just stated that no one told him that the house was haunted when he purchased it.
4: That's because I wasn't. I was not here you here, Where were you? Follow me.
1: Jan walked down a flight of wooden stairs to the basement of the home. The spirit floated down and pointed at a slab of concrete. There. Jan pounded his fists with great strength at the concrete floor, cracking it into pieces. Underneath the rubble were the remains of a person. A skull, plain as day, poked out at Jan Piraeus. Jan stooped down to inspect thoroughly, but still kept wary over the other spirit. He noticed that the skull did not belong to an adult human being, but that of a smaller child. He looked up at the spirit. If you know what happened here, tell me. The darkness around the spirit started to dissipate, and a vision was played forth by the spirit.
4: This little boy was the son that Corsi never mentioned. His name was Lion's. And in a drunken rage, Reginald Corsi beat him to death. He hid the body down here in the basement. The others knew about it too, but they did... nothing. They were all complacent about the death.
5: So how did you get
4: involved? I was summoned. Summoned out of the abyss during a crazy drunken prayer to make sure that they would never find out about life. They think that it didn't work, but it did.
5: So you felt as though you needed to avenge Linus by raping his sister, forcing his brother Greg to commit suicide, and then driving a wedge into their- But
1: before he finished the sentence, he realized what was going on.
5: You're saying Cursey himself did this? He had to have raped his daughter, and then he caused the conditions to have his son kill himself, and the sheer guilt by sticking by her husband, for all that time drove Mrs. Percy to leave him and never speak to him again. Being in a drunken stupor might have made him feel that something or someone else had done it.
4: Now you're getting the right idea,
1: Warlock. Jan started to walk up the steps, but paused and turned around. Actually,
5: there is
4: one more thing. Actually, several more
1: things. What more do you
4: need? I believe I've proved my innocence.
5: But you didn't. I did a cursory check around the perimeter of the lake house before I came inside. I was able to garner not only your true name, but I was also able to corroborate the history of this home. Mr. Cursey was right on all accounts. I listened to your story to play along, for your name is Kada, and your name means liar in Arabic. If I was a lesser judge, I might have listened to you and focused the blame on the Kursey You're a convincing liar, but a liar nonetheless.
1: Jan jumped from the steps and swiped his glowing claws into the spirit as it quaked in pain. The claws ripped the essence of the spirit to shreds until it was no more. You've been
5: weighed, measured, and been found wanting. Your sentence is banishment back to the realm of the abyss whence you came.
1: Once Jan was finished, he stood up and walked up the steps. Guilty.
5: Court adjourned.
1: Several minutes later, the Escalade came back as Jan was fully clothed in human form.
2: Great. Get started with making a salt perimeter around the lake house. I need to talk to Mr. Corsi alone if you'll be so kind. What you... uh,
3: what do you need to speak to me about? We need to get this done right away.
1: Jan guided Mr. Corsi away from the prying ears of Bjorn and pulled off his sunglasses. Listen to
2: me carefully, for this is very important.
1: who is buried in the basement. Corsi took a while to process what he had just heard and gazed at him, shocked.
3: I don't know what you're talking about. There's no one buried in the basement.
1: But the look on Jan's face suggested he knew better. Who is buried in the basement?
2: I can't help you if you don't help me.
3: What are you, some kind of medium or something?
2: I dabble in that sometimes, yes, but that doesn't answer my question.
1: Mr. Corsi bowed his head as if to recall. The fact it took so long to recall made Jan wonder.
2: Mr. Corsi, do you have bouts of dementia?
1: (sighs)
3: Yeah, it's been going on for a while now. That's why I live with my sister. No, not just for the loneliness, but I'm not able to remember everything
1: like I used to. Who is Linus? It was as if a light bulb went off inside Mr. Corsi's brain.
3: Linus was my son.
1: Not Greg? Greg was
3: was also my son, but Linus was the firstborn, and he, he died stillborn. My wife and I didn't want to bury him in a plot, so we put him in an earthen basement floor. Then we put concrete inside.
1: Uh, I think... That was probably the start of the end
3: for me and Alice."
1: Jan nodded as the vision he got corroborated with what Corsi had said. Jan set up his charade and went inside, and with a little bit of Soliantu hocus-pocus that didn't make a difference because Jan already banished the spirit and it was just for show, he drove the evil spirit out of the house. Hours later, Jan and Bjorn were inside the Escalade, heading to their motel.
0: I can't believe you drove out another ghost. We should seriously be getting
2: paid as investigators and eliminators. Sorry. I don't want to be a ghostbuster.
1: A cell phone started to ring in Jan's breast pocket. He looked at the caller ID as his eyes widened. He answered the phone.
2: Lionel! What a surprise, I'm actually in America.
1: Jan paused as he listened to Lionel on the other end, and Jan's smile went from bright to nothing.
2: Yes, Lionel, I can make it there within a couple of hours at least. But I am going to have to take a plane. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Jan hung up the phone as Buren studied him curiously.
2: That didn't look like a hashing of times. (sighs) For your safety, I'm dropping you off at the motel. Unfortunately, you're going to need a cab to get back to the university, and I need to get to an airport.
0: I've never seen you this scared before.
2: Is it bad?
1: Jan looked at the phone as if to come up with something worthwhile to say to his colleague.
2: I guess you can say that
1: I have a family emergency.
0: You've been listening to Episode 5 of the Hail the King series, The Haunted Lake House. In the cast, you heard, Gatekeeper Argentum, played by Tess Miller. Bjorn Stephenson, played by Danny Atwell. Jan Piraeus, played by Dan Mack Reginald Corsi, played by Ferg Birdport. And Kadah the Demon, played by Emily McAnuliffe. Hail to the King, by Event Sevenfold. Don't Fear the Reaper by the Blue Oyster Cult. The Rage by Judas Priest. Special effects by Zapsplat.com. Hail to the King is a Dark Charm Media production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.